Hello. Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. Also, I'm, hello. <laughs> I'm Alan, and as you've already heard, joined by Brent and Ski. That's Today, us. Yep, that is them. <laughs> Today we're doing uh, Season 3, Episode 21, Larceny and Old Lace. Uh, our normal format with Ski doing the recap, uh, and me and Brent just, you know, chiming in here and there, and, and all of us giving our MVPs and rating out of eight slices of cheesecake at the end as we work towards determining the greatest episode of the entire series. So uh, with that, did you guys have anything new to add today? Did you go to Myrtle Beach recently? Not recently, like two years ago. I got oh, okay. a Myrtle Beach shirt on for oh, okay. for our fine listeners. I've never <laughs> seen it before. I don't know if this was a recent trip. Nope, but uh, I don't wear a shirt a whole lot. I don't like real tight collars. This mm-hmm. is just kind of high. Being strangled by a midget. That's right, yes. <laughs> What's is that it? from? That's from something. I don't know. I, I do remember the phrase, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Sounds not a really original, me too. but yeah. Yeah. I, if I recall, it was like in a positive light too. Like they liked being strangled by a midget or something. Does that sound I don't right? Know. I thought it was something about someone with like tiny hands or or something. I feel like it might have even been. There was the some, Golden Girls. It, it may have been. I don't know. Maybe it was Seinfeld wearing a turtleneck. Oh, it could possibly. be. <laughs> it was something. That sounds yeah. pl- entirely plausible. I mean, we know the joke is probably at least a decade old, if not more, because <laughs> you know it's no longer a, a term that is used mm-hmm. in uh, polite company. So. Oh, the midget part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so probably so. But and yeah. as far as my finger and the pulse goes, <laughs> right. I'm normally about a good ten years off. <laughs> from the... So we do have a couple of new updates, um, oh, yeah. listeners, ship wise. Cool. Very so awesome. We got well. I mean, as far as communication, you know, that's one of oh. your favorite things. Yeah. So we got a uh, we got it's a, a message. Street. What's that? It exactly. Two way street. Yes. <laughs> um, we got a message from Numi. Oh, hello, Numi. Yep. She said. Uh, I'm still listening to you and give my uh, Mondays a silver lining each week. Oh, that's good. And then she went on to say, Very no, sweet. it's it's not summer here in Sweden. It's spring, which mm-hmm. means in April and part of May, the weather is bananas. Mm-hmm. We use the metric system, so degrees in Celsius. You do the mm-hmm. math. April, 15 degrees Celsius um, and sun for two days. That's quite hot when winter is over. Mm-hmm. Um, so away with the winter clothes, followed by three days of raining cats and dogs, a few days of 10 degrees Celsius, then snowy, windy, and hello winter coat and snow boots, and 12 degrees in sun, and in between hailing. But now it might be safe and sound for a while. Yes. Yeah, which, and I replied, uh, our weather has been crazy here as well. Mm-hmm. Warm and sunny one day and frost advisory. Yeah, I was, was so. going to say, not so dissimilar to Indiana weather. Yeah. yeah. And I think as far as, um, you know, the Celsius to Fahrenheit conversion goes, mm-hmm. um, I think bananas and cats and dogs is a one-to-one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I would say that's a fair assessment. <laughs> In meteorology school, I think exactly. that's what they teach. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, and then... Uh, I'm glad she's doing okay. Yeah, and then she sent us another message. Oh, and nice. I felt bad because I'll, I'll read you my response, but I, I lied. Uh, so I apologize here in advance. But she says... Uh, now you've mentioned the black hole twice in a row. This comes as a surprise to no one, but I absolutely love that movie. Um, but I don't know what the uh, what that says about the quality of the movie, considering one of my favorite all times movie is Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Oh, have nice. you ever seen that, Brent? Yeah, and I have not heard of that one. That's one of my sister's favorites. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, and it says that if uh, you research a list of worst movies of all time, Santa Claus Conquers <laughs> the Martians is in the mm-hmm. top five or at least the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I have not seen either movie. Mm-hmm. But what I replied was, I haven't watched The Black Hole yet, but now I have to. 
I ignore Brent's recommendations all the time, but I'll make an exception this time. Mm-hmm. And then I talk about our next recording session, which would be this episode that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so listen for my opinion during that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I could track down the Santa Claus movie, I'll try to check it out as well, which I do know that I can watch that as well. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so had you watched Black what, Hole now? No, I have uh, not. That's where my lie came in. So Numi, gotcha. I apologize. It is definitely on my list, but... It'll probably be like another month before I actually talk about it. So <laughs> so if you listen to, say, around like episode 24, 25, then I'll definitely – well, I can't say definitely. We should, I, we should watch it tonight. I can't promise I'll watch it, but I promise I'll try to watch it. <laughs> so hopefully I'll be able to get my opinion on both movies at that point. Mm-hmm. But I apologize for my um, – I don't know. Uh, for lying, I apologize for that. <laughs> so, it was it was a hope at least. Yeah, exactly. We also got a a, a message from CJ. Okay, he was excited to hear that he, he got a shout out, a shout out. Oh yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, "Hell yes, you did." So, nice. and then he replied with a an emoji that he thinks uh, needs to exist, which is, you know, like in the list of happy face emojis mm-hmm. and whatnot, one of B. Arthur uh, oh. giving a scowl, which would be an excellent emoji that to have. Be. That so. would be. You'd be right there next to Betty White eating a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> I would say they should have one one emoji for each golden girl, each with a signature look. Mm-hmm. Well, Brent sent uh, Ski and I a, a picture of Betty White eating a hot dog that I'm going to put on Twitter at some point in the near future. Yeah. I'm sure it's out there and about, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a picture I had personally seen before. Yeah. Do so. you still do the daily pictures? Not daily, but I have been trying to do them on a more regular basis recently. Okay. So I'd kind of taken a... I don't know, a break from it, but as our podcast has continued to increase as far mm-hmm. as listenership, I mean, slow and steady, but but yeah. definitely still increasing, yeah. I've been trying to uh, be a little more active with that. Mm-hmm. It's not my forte, mm-hmm. um, but I figure if I can at least put out a simple, you know, pictures here and there with just a mm-hmm. little comment. Recently, I've just been doing, like, even such and such is better with the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. you know, like hashtag Golden Girls, hashtag yeah. Sophia's Choice Podcast. Yeah. So at least getting a little more engagement i think we've got like i don't know around 50 followers at this point mm-hmm. so um so yeah i'm doing a little bit that is but. a lot more than my personal accounts have yeah well your personal accounts have never been used have they they don't exist <laughs> so, <laughs> fair enough um if you guys out there um you know happen to find like a golden girls picture or whatever you know go ahead and post it out there and like Heck yeah tag you know oh yeah definitely cast or whatever so the, the funnier PC, yeah. the better i would mm-hmm. say Hashtag lazy Allen. It's <laughs> <laughs> not necessary to be the hashtag, but it's okay. If it trends, then it's still going to be in our favor, I think. <laughs> you freaking raked me over the coals for being five minutes late because of construction. The only reason I gave you shit is because of... <laughs> now, granted, Ski has exactly. been late on a number of Exactly. <laughs> he got his three strikes before I raked him. I don't think I even raked you, to be honest. <laughs> you did. I think I mentioned it. Is that why you came down in a slightly salty mood? <laughs> you did, in front of your entire family. <laughs> Well, not just my now entire family, I feel but bad also for some my, reason. my goddaughter exactly. <laughs> and Ski's wife and the and my grand godson. Exactly. <laughs> Little Charlton thinks I'm a <laughs> no good Nick. And on first impressions, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he was asleep though, so you may be okay, mm. but I'll still mention it to him when he wakes okay. up. But we also have two uh two new reviews oh, on nice. iTunes. Um one of them, the uh, probably the most glowing, nicest review we've ever gotten to this point. Oh, nice. Yeah, so this was uh, from Stacy GG. Golden Girls and so much more. I stumbled upon Sophia's Choice podcast and have been listening and laughing along since episode one. Nice. Wow. The trio of Alan, Brent, and Ski all play perfectly off each other to combine for a laugh-out-loud recap of the Golden Girls. I cannot count the number of times I've watched each episode of the Golden Girls, but it's more fun recounting the laughs and gags with these guys. <laughs> 
Through listening to their podcast, I have laughed a lot and learned that I am woefully uneducated on all things Paul Dooley, Wilford Brimley, <laughs> narwhals, and obscure movies and musical artists. <laughs> Grab a slice or two of cheesecake and give it a listen. Very nice. Yeah, that was a. That is awesome. Yeah, wow. That, Thank you, Gigi. Yeah, that was a Stacy. Stacy Gigi. Stacy Gigi. Yeah, so okay. I'm assuming you know Gigi for Golden Girls. Gotcha. Unless she's a great grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Thank you, Stacy. Yeah, that was indeed. A, that was wonderful. Very nice. Now I've given you guys all the good stuff, all the real positive stuff, leading up to our first criticism Ooh. that we've received. Yeah, I'm almost um, excited to hear it. I mean, criti- what's, what's their handle first? Well, the <laughs> this is another iTunes review. She gave us three. I, I assume she, but it could be. Uh, it, it doesn't really specify in here. So the person who left the review left three out of five stars. What's their handle? Uh, Betty uh, Betty deserves better. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Um, and it says, uh, "I or some of the humor isn't all that great." Dot dot dot. And then she, the person goes on to say. I almost gave this podcast a rating of two stars mm-hmm. because of the very casual way the hosts make fun of rape. Uh, how can you make fun of the most violated thing to happen to a human being, female or male? But I don't want to make this review about that because really those off-color jokes are very quick and not dwelled upon. I managed to overcome my distaste and keep listening, and I'm honestly glad that I did because Alan Ski and Brent do love the Golden Girls as much as I do, and it is very interesting to hear them recap the episodes uh, and telling about the Goldens. This is the very first time that I have been hearing three men rave about their love for the Golden Girls, so I'll keep listening. That's so it's a, a little sweet and a little sour. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we do have definitely... I would agree that the point is made. Yeah. <laughs> well, Off-color jokes have always been kind of our, like, wheelhouse anyway. But yeah. it, it is one of those things where if you're in company where you don't know the people, there's everyone out there that could be... Right. Highly offended by who knows what. Certainly, yeah. And, of course, I think none of us ever are making an attempt to be offensive. We're not, like, shock jock, you know, uh, type things. But we certainly do say jokes here and there that I can absolutely understand uh, would, would be offensive, to mm-hmm. depending on the person. In the heat of the moment. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I totally welcome the criticism. And I also really appreciate that she stuck it out. I, I shouldn't say she because I don't know, but I really appreciate that the person stuck it out and, and listen enough. I think if you listen to enough of our episodes, you probably gather that we're decent humans. Um, but, you know. We certainly try. Yeah, we, we do try. I hope we're decent humans. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you gather that we're pieces of shit, but you just confirm <laughs> it as each episode goes by. I think in any given episode, Two of us are decent, mm-hmm. and it maybe it's rotating. Oh, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that very well could be that we take turns being the bigger piece of shit. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. But the one thing I think we can all agree on when it comes to that specific review mm-hmm. is that in relation to this podcast, Betty does deserve better. Oh, <laughs> definitely. I mean, that's ninth rate for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, exactly. So we can certainly agree with that. But again, if you know. Uh, I go so far as to say that, you know, Paul Dooley, Wilford Brimley, and Narwhals deserve better as well. <laughs> yeah. There's not there's not many that are on the positive scale that don't deserve better. Does it say <laughs> so, what episode we, we joked about? No. It, I don't honestly remember. I, I don't know either, but I know we've made plenty of off-color jokes in, you know, our various episodes. And I do think it's something where you like the sense of humor that we have on it or you don't. Um, and either way. Own, for yeah. sure. But I do appreciate that the person gave it a try and actually enjoyed it enough that they felt like it was worthwhile at mm-hmm. the end. I've had plenty of movies that went that way where, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and if you're out there and you are enjoying the show or not enjoying the show and want to leave a review, they definitely do help us. Um, helps us to 
you know, I, I think uh, push the podcast to more people mm-hmm. if they're positive reviews and helps mm-hmm. us to improve if they're not so positive. So, exactly. and if they're not so positive, you know, you're letting somebody else know that it may not be for them. Right. And that saves us a negative re- review down the road. Yeah, hopefully so. But definitely, if you want to give a positive review, we really like those. Um, <laughs> and yes. the negative ones, we we appreciate the listen regardless. So, and I hope They will give them their due, due consideration. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope most people enjoy it. Um, yeah. And I hope if they don't, then they find another one that, that fits their needs better. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Betty yeah. deserves better. Mm-hmm. And, and in all honesty... And I hope one, you're still out there listening. Yeah, I, I don't know either, but because uh, this would be um, from the time when that, that comment was made. Mm-hmm. But. Sure, yeah. So if they, if they stuck around, then, then I think we've turned them um, yeah. <laughs> like into so. a fan. <laughs> exactly. Unless they're hate listening. Oh, it could be. But listen, I'm totally... If they stuck it out for an extra trimester, <laughs> I'd like to think that they enjoy it. <laughs> And if they oh those guys piss me off so yeah. much, what's next? <laughs> if you're hate listening that long, you probably need to see somebody <laughs> um, because well, I don't it's know. a lot I of would, torture to put yourself. I through. would rather this be the therapy. Hey, if this it's <laughs> yeah, super I, cheap, I, I'm not sure that I'm with ski, mm. but I'm withing in that. You know, <laughs> if they're consistently hate listening, it I tip my hat to their stick to it in this. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that shows that. I don't know. Could I don't know if I can. <laughs> exactly. I am. I am fully before behind somebody. You know, feeding their anger. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that actually the whole thing of like feeding your anger or your sorrow isn't necessarily a good thing. It just tends to create yeah. more of each. It could. Yeah, it could oh. definitely make things worse. I can see. No, I think it's one of those things that like. You know, them listening to this podcast is, you know, like their emotional equivalent to like, you know, driving out to the middle of the desert and detonating it. (laughs) It gives them something to focus their hatred on so that they don't take it out on their loved ones. Yeah, by all means, if that if this podcast keeps you from beating or hurting somebody, then please keep listening, even if you're not enjoying it. But I I hope that if it does that, it's because it leaves you with such a feeling of happiness and joy by the end that you have no anger to so glad it's over. Loved ones, <laughs> or your anger is just so spent. Yeah, <laughs> you need you seven need days nap. off to recuperate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have one other little piece I wanted to tell you guys about that I thought was ironic. Um, Enough about your wiener. No, no, that'd be a big piece, <laughs> or at least an average piece. Um, <laughs> but uh, two stars, maybe three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if you stick around for the entirety of it, <laughs> you'll be glad you did. Um, no, but so <laughs> two stars for just the tip, <laughs> right? Three for balls deep. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> our listenership has continued to slowly but steadily increase, and actually, like our last three weeks in order have been our three um, most listened to weeks yet nice. so far, and, and you know continuing to rise. Thank you. But I was looking People. at the actual listens per episode, and there's one particular episode that, for whatever reason, is a chunk below all the rest. Did I do the recap? Uh, you did do the recap. <laughs> yeah. So that's the irony. The least listened to episode out of all of our episodes so far is it's probably season... the shortest one. Too. Yeah, probably so. Season one, episode 20, adult education. Which Professor is, Cooper? Yeah. It, it is the most referenced episode. Like we've talked about though on, on a regular basis. It gets, <laughs> and yet it's the one that the most people have skipped over. So if you haven't uh-huh. listened to adult education yet, you should mm-hmm. just because then. Hey, listen to that one. Well, yeah. <laughs> listen to it so that you get why we continually harass Brent about his defense of <laughs> Professor Cooper. Because um, <laughs> at this point, you know, it's kind of hard to even know what we're talking about in that particular, uh, you know, I don't, running gag that we have. Like, how far behind is it from the others? Uh, 
like is it about 80 percent of the listings the others have or well <laughs> it's probably closer to the other bottom but as far as average yeah it's probably around 75 percent of the average oh, yeah. um wow. yeah so it's but as far as like the next lowest one down, I want to say is maybe five listens higher. But like mm-hmm. even this week's episode that just came out has beat it um, yeah. <laughs> already. And so, uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to season one, episode 20, adult education, mm-hmm. like I said, I think you'll, it is a quick one. It's less than 40 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, you can get through it quick and you'll find out specifically what those, uh, you know, jabs we take at Brent's um, <laughs> views of teacher student relations are. So. Well, I think it involved a lot of Blanche's choices, too. It's, well, it's I think he specifically, in, right? I, I don't even want to tell about it now because I want you to go back and listen so they hear what it's <laughs> about. But mm-hmm. Brent defends Professor Cooper, which would be generally an unpopular choice. Um, so, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So, <laughs> or, you know, leave a review on uh, mm-hmm. iTunes that spe- specifically talks about Brent's defense. Please, no mail bombs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't want any violence for anybody, including ourselves, so, so I appreciate that being left out of anything. So anyway, now here we are, almost 20 minutes into this one, almost longer than Brent's episode that people have skipped already, <laughs> and uh, we haven't even kicked off the recap, but with yeah. that, sorry I had all that stuff to get out there, but... It was good stuff. Yeah, so Ski, if you'd like to kick us off, I think we're ready right. to go. Season 3, and, episode 21. Go ahead. For, you know, for the sake of, you know, just our listening statistics or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, if you'd like me to, you know, stop my part in the rotation for recaps, I got no problem sitting them out. I don't think anybody would feel that way. I, I, okay. I kind of like them. It's the spice of life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think your recaps are good. Okay. I, there's only been one recap you've ever given that I had any specific problem with, and that was the one where you tried to make more <laughs> make it more about Barbarella than about the Golden Girls. <laughs> And I realize you were amusing yourself in that, so. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) But anyways, so go ahead, Ski. (laughs) Uh, Season 3, episode 21, Larceny and Old Lace, which most people probably recognize as a takeoff of Arsenic and Old Lace. Mm -hmm. I did not know, I've heard of it, but I had not ever seen it. It was um, me and my wife. I think I'm. I think it was the very first movie we ever saw at the art craft together. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, or Snake and Old Lace. And it was a play, too, right? It mm-hmm. was a pretty yeah. popular play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I looked up the, uh, I kind of skimmed over the Wikipedia version of the uh, plot. Mm-hmm. Does not seem at all like the, the, the episode we're about to watch. Yeah. So, well, I think they just really. Sophia was in the Rocco role, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> well, kinda, yeah I suppose yeah. I can see that. But uh, before we start, can we just say that. Um, uh, my MVP for the episode is going to be Mickey Rooney. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I, I suspected that would be the case. So. I very nearly went that direction, too. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I think of Mickey Rooney, I think of an Animaniac song about it's a great big universe. We're mm. all really p- pretty puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. Nice. So, yeah. It's really good. I always think of the Simpsons and the Muppet movie from a few years back. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think of 60 Minutes. Andy Rooney. Rooney. Andy Rooney. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You're absolutely freaking right. Of course I'm right. <laughs> then I don't know why the hell I think that. Well, there is, Rooney, there, I they guess. have one name in common. Yeah, they the same last name. So. Yeah. Wow. Never mind. Are they even related? Do you know? No, they're not. And whenever I think of Andy Rooney, I think of Beavis and Butthead because they were watching an episode and they were like, 
I think trying to imitate him. And it's mm. like, why is it they call it leaving a dump instead of taking a dump or <laughs> the opposite? Bump <laughs> <But> that. <laughs> That's really funny. I think you may have transposed the punchline. Yeah, I did. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's why do they call it taking a dump instead of leaving a dump. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> oh, Beavis and Butthead. It's a solid question. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's solid. Yeah. Maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this one originally aired on February 27th, 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story was by uh, Jeffrey Farrow and Frederick Weiss. And teleplay was by Robert Bruce, or Robert the Bruce. What happened and, to Barry? Uh, huh? Barry get kicked to the curb? Maybe so. Doesn't Jeffrey normally work with Barry? Sometimes, yeah. I, I think <laughs> a lot of them have. I think we've seen a little bit of play up, though. Like, mm. Okay. I'd have to go back and look for sure. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> but it's Robert fine. Bruce and Martin Weiss. So we've got the Weiss brothers. I don't know if they're related. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, And then, of course, directed by Terry Hughes. And right. who stated is the case for all season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we open up in the living room. We saw Sophia is uh, walking out of the kitchen with some lemonade yeah. uh, when Dorothy gets home. Sophie asks why she's home so early from a beauty appointment. Dorothy tells her that, you know, they finished early, to which uh, Sophie responds that, you know, hey, they can finish early on Chrissy Brinkley, but you need all the time that they can allow. Mm-hmm. And uh, she instructs her daughter to go back there. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Always sweet with mm-hmm. the, with the uh, compliments. She's just waiting for the builder up part. She just keeps breaking her down, but eventually all that build up is going to be a sweet one. That's right. <laughs> you got to tear it down to the foundation right, before yeah. you can keep di- go digging yeah, underground. She's such a strong all. woman; mm-hmm. it's hard to hard to dig her down. Mm-hmm. And she's much larger than Sophia, so there's a <laughs> height discrepancy. Yeah. Uh, so Dorothy instantly realizes that her mother is uh, hiding a guest, a man that uh, she apparently met at the police station named Rocco. Uh, Dorothy first says that she met Rocco uh, in the lineup. To find a man that stole her uh, purse, but Sophia reminds her that no, there was other he was there on other charges. Apparently, he was defacing a billboard of uh, Spuds McKenzie, mm-hmm. making the the she dog that they actually use in the commercial into a he dog mm, to make it anatomically correct. Yep. Yeah. I think backwards. What's that? It was a like Spuds is a male, right? But the dog is, is a female. Tr- yeah. Right. So I think he was drawing tits on it. I thought it was the other way around. I thought that yeah. he was. She uh, said that they used a, a, a female dog in the commercial. Yeah. But I think it's portrayed as a male dog. Yeah. So he was making the billboard anatomically correct, like making it look like it's. Mm-hmm. See, I thought maybe he was trying to make it look like a boy. What they were portraying it as, not what it actually was. Oh. Either way, he was he was drawing private areas on the mm-hmm. dog, but I guess it's up to interpretation as whether he was trying to make it look like a female or mm-hmm. male. Gotcha. So. Now, if he was trying to make it look like a male dog, then you could probably paint that to make it look anatomically correct. Mm-hmm. But if it was to look like a female dog, then at least the way a dog looks, it couldn't be anatomically correct. They'd have to add More lipstick, probably eye, yeah. eye shadow, you think? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, eyelashes. That's what makes it female. <laughs> Maybe a bow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Dorothy argues that, uh, you know, Rock was a bad influence. That he has, you know, no job. He gambles frequently and has no future. Uh, but Dorothy points out that hey, he's 85 and doesn't have too much of a future left. Uh, we follow the girls out to the lanai and meet Rocco, who's played by, as you stated, Mickey Rooney, not Andy Rooney. <laughs> yeah. I do know the difference, but my brain apparently forgot. <laughs> he, uh, he politely greets the girls. <laughs> Prince laughing at me. 
<laughs> your brain doesn't know the difference, but other parts of your body do. Well, one portion of my brain will say, shut down. It's like, it's like you know, Frederick Weiss and Martin Weiss. Are they the same guy? I don't know. Probably not. I, I would say that's a safe assumption that they're not the same guy. <laughs> Unless they're trying to pick up two checks. <laughs> so they're like. Exactly. Frederick doesn't want his wife to get half or his ex wife to get right. half. So. <laughs> well, Mickey, Andrew, Rooney. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Uh, they say that's why. Um, uh, my favorite Paul McCartney solo album, Ram. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the only one that's credited to Paul and Linda. And the reason that is is because he was involved in a lot of, you know, lawsuits with the other Beatles and stuff like that. And ah. because of their contracts, like a portion of whatever he made on his own still got split up amongst the other Beatles. Hmm. And so he credited it to Linda as well. That way he could get half right off the top going to her. Mm. And then they would just have to split the other half with exactly. the other Beatles. Mm-hmm. Wow. Kind yeah. of clever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess if the three of us ever break up, then I'll have to use that same tactic of sharing. I make a, a podcast together <laughs> and credit her just so that you two can't get some of my sweet, sweet podcasting money. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting on my sweet, sweet podcasting money. <laughs> well, so am I, but by the time this is over, I'm sure it'll be rolling in. Um, so, like I said, uh, Rocco politely gre- greets the girls when they come out to the lanai, uh, but Dorothy quickly cuts to the chase, you know, saying, mm-hmm. hey, what are you doing here? Put out your cigar. Uh, during some quick banter, Rocco claims that, you know, he used to run Detroit, implying that he had strong mob ties. Uh, while Dorothy is looking on, they resume a card game that they had been playing before uh, Sophia went to get the lemonade. Rocco uh, wins with a straight flush over four of a kind, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty amazing hand for both of them. Mm-hmm. And Sophia then proceeds to start removing her clothes <laughs> as they are apparently playing strip poker. Dorothy shuts this down real fast taking the cards, kind of throw them into the center of the uh, table, and then storming away. Sophia then laments that, you know, after 50, the kids think they know everything. And yeah, that was one of my favorite lines. She's always telling her what to do. Uh, Dorothy goes into the kitchen and starts to uh, vent Rose about uh, Sophia hanging out with Rocco. Uh, Rose thinks that he's kind of a cute old man, uh, but Dorothy is deeply concerned that he's having a negative impact on her mom. Yeah, she mentions there's, I think my actual favorite line of the entire episode was here where she's, Talking about the concerning signs that she's seeing from Sophia. Yeah, go for it. I had it written down. I yeah. had paraphrased. I bet oh, you got okay. it entirely, though. Yeah, she says, uh, Yesterday she came home with NyQuil on her breath and his surgical stockings in his pocket, or in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. The, fo- the follow-up was actually pretty good, too, because Rose says, I have a question. And then Dorothy's like, I don't know what it means, <laughs> but I don't like the implication. Or <laughs> so, you know, Rose changes topic, though, and asks Dorothy if she'd noticed uh, Blanche picking on her recently. Which, you know, I think we've all noticed that. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but that's been lately as far as the entire series. Well, yeah. Although Dor- it does get harsher. <laughs> well, and Dorothy also does it too. So, I mean, I guess mm. she wouldn't notice. But right. she does say that she hadn't noticed anything new lately. But just then, of course, everything's on cue here. Uh, Blanche comes into the kitchen. Rose greets her sweetly. And uh, Blanche immediately snaps back, saying, that, Must you always be so cheery? And then calls her an empty-headed Mary Poppins knockoff. Yeah. Rose uh, turns to Dorothy and again asks, you know, hey, let me know if you do see anything <laughs> right. out of the ordinary. Yeah, again, that goes to how abused poor poor Rose is in this house. So beaten down <laughs> that she doesn't even see it, right? Yeah, that even in that, she's like, oh, this isn't that much worse than the normal. But if you see something, like, what would Blanche have to do <laughs> to be more Stab mean? Her? Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe if she started using curse words or whatnot, then yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that would push it over the, the typical uh, tipping point. <laughs> 
uh, then Dorothy, you know, Rose exits though, and uh, Dorothy asks Blanche, you know, what's going on between you and Rose? Because she obviously saw the rudeness right there. Blanche explains that she found Rose's diary on the dining room table the other day, and the lock simply, quote, popped right open, <laughs> she says, as she's kind of jimmying the mechanism open with a knife. Uh, then she reads a passage stating that she's not sure how much longer she can tolerate living with these two pigs, <laughs> that uh, one keeps her awake with all the squealing, and the other one frequently burp, burps in her face. <laughs> and then Blanche explains that she does uh, belch sometimes, uh, specifically after a Denver omelet. <laughs> right. Didn't she correct her, though, that it's actually a Spanish omelet? Yeah, she says it's a Spanish omelet, uh, but then also asserts that, you know, looking at the diary is a horrible invasion of Rose's privacy, saying that, you know, she's shocked that Blanche would do that. Blanche asks, you know, if, you know, aren't you just a little bit curious as to what she wrote uh, and what else Rose puts in the book? And she responds, not in the slightest. (laughs) So then Blanche leaves the room, and uh, Dorothy meanders for a moment, kind of walking over to the, the fridge, but then immediately tries to open the diary herself, you know, banging it against the table, which seemed like a very failed attempt. Like, what, what, what did she think that was going to do? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can bang a book against a table all day, whether it's got a lock on it or not, it's still going to stay closed. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like an odd way to pick a lock. <laughs> <laughs> but percussive maintenance can fix a lot of problems. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that was her, uh, her hate reading. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Blanche comes back in with a smug look and tells her to just choose the knife. Uh, we change scenes and we jump ahead slightly. We see Dorothy entering the living room where Blanche is again trying to open the diary. Dorothy reminds her that they decided to not look anymore. But Blanche says, well, that was that decision was just based on the fact that we were not able to reopen the lock. <laughs> yeah. So I guess they've done it several times at this point. Uh, but then she remembered that there were some pliers they had in the tool drawer. Mm-hmm. She, she went and got those. Uh, Sophia and Rocco then enter the house. Uh, Rocco is pushing a shopping cart full of items, including a mounted animal head, which I thought looked like an elk or a caribou. Did you guys recognize it at all? I mean, I, I didn't Definitely not a moose, because moose has a very specific face. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Maybe I, a deer. I, it wasn't a deer, because we later see Sophia stroking the nose. Mm. So, whatever it was, you know, it's not something that's native to Detroit. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> Um, the girls ask you know, why he's bringing all this stuff into the house, and then uh, they explain that uh, there have been some robberies uh, in Rocco's building, I guess. By Probably his house. by Rocco. Yeah. Say what? Probably by Rocco. Right. He's quite the hood. That's actually the word they use later, yeah. right? He's got those cat-like yeah. moves. <laughs> hey, you know, later in the episode, he impresses me for sure. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, fun fact, um, Mickey Rooney does his own stunts in this one. <laughs> does he? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm surprised he didn't hire someone in. I think he's lying to us. I mean, I think he's telling the truth. I just think he's using the word stunts <laughs> and <laughs> loosely. <laughs> Him climbing over Looks that wall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, for an old man to climb over a wall, that, that I think, qualifies as a stunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it'd be hard to find someone who had that body shape that yeah. could then pass with, you know, the 1980s quality of editing they did. <laughs> I mean, we saw that one where they had the stunt person in there doing Rose's dance moves, and it was not good. <laughs> it was not made for an HD world. But. Exactly. Like Mickey, your clear discrepancies. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey, Rose's. I don't know. Like, he could play a Fallout Boy stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually have loved if they had a stunt double, and the stunt double was like Billy super... Barty. Say what? Billy Barty. That yeah. would be awesome. I that, I can't say that would be any better than what I was going to say. But, or that would be... 
what you said is better. What mm. I was going to say is like someone that's really ripped, like an actual mm. stunt double. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like clearly just like cuts to the, the quote unquote stunt and then right back to Mickey. <laughs> like, wait a minute. What did I just see? All right. <laughs> so where are they at? Oh, yeah. So he's bringing the whole big old uh, cart of stuff into the house. There's been some uh, robberies by where he lives. And so he's taking his valuables, he calls them, and leaving at their house. Uh, Dorothy argues that you know they don't have room enough for all this stuff, uh, which we've we've covered that before. And they yeah. always talk about space. I have plenty of room there. <laughs> Sophia s- insists that she has plenty of space in her room. Uh, they wheel the car to her bedroom, and Dorothy yells at him as they're walking back there that she wants the door left open. Uh, Rocco replies, "Yes, Mrs. Cleaver." <laughs> I thought that was really really funny. Yeah. I thought that was great. Uh, Rose enters the room and notices her, her diary is sitting on the coffee table. I'd like to think that Rocco thought that was a current reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. I mean, yeah. at this point, at what point do you think that most people stop paying attention to pop culture things? Um, I, I, it's definitely later now than it was before. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I would agree. But I... It, there'd be a, a definitely a reasonable chance that Rocco is not up to date on the latest in <laughs> <and> noms. <laughs> so, no, not you know, not uh, pay attention to the zeitgeist. <laughs> but I would say it's a fairly timeless um, reference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, granted, my kids wouldn't know what the hell we were talking yeah, about. Yeah. But I would say anybody who is probably thirty-five and younger at this point in time mm-hmm. would know what that reference was. Well, uh, I would say people who are pretty familiar with television history too. Leave it to Beaver is huge. Yeah, but how many people are that familiar with television history? I don't know. I think a lot of history buffs are out there now that kind of incorporate that. I suppose so, but I'm still just talking about the general population. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I think that I think you'd fall into one of two camps. I think you either know the reference because you're of a certain age, mm-hmm. or if you're not of that age, then you're of the age where you're just going to Google it to find out. What oh, it okay. Means. It's like I don't catch that joke. Oh, okay, I get yeah, it now. I, that's totally what I do when I see a reference on these uh, episodes that I don't get. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, if you're watching an episode, you know, like if you're watching old TV and it's making, I mean, relatively old TV and it's mm-hmm. making a reference that you don't get, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't make a lot of sense to me if it was like, oh, I'm watching an episode of, I don't know what a current hit sitcom is, mm-hmm. but and they were making that reference that would go over the head of a large portion of their audience. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would make a lot of sense in today's, even though someone could go back and research what it was, mm-hmm. I think in a mainstream sitcom, they're mostly looking for jokes that are going to hit you know all the audience members or at least a large percentage of them so well if you're trying to make me feel guilty for all the times i've made people google davenport (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna work makes me sad that we didn't try to push that further I had some ideas early on in the podcast that yeah. haven't so uh, panned out. Some, for more information on that joke, listen to uh, season one, episode 20. <laughs> I think you'd have to go further back even than that. You should no, listen just... to season one, episode 20, because there's a wonderful font of information that <laughs> <laughs> relates to later episodes. But <laughs> I was just looking on the phone real quick while we were chatting. Uh, so It means couch. <laughs> <laughs> that... <laughs> Not just a town in Iowa. <laughs> I was looking at something else. Thank you very much. But uh, um, leave it to Beaver with respect to this episode. He's like, I know what a Davenport is. And if you don't believe me, check my Pornhub history. <laughs> <laughs> and 
he keeps that published. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, you don't want to hide that stuff. Uh, right. You never know what could happen. Oh, yeah. You it's want like, people to like know. It's like publishing your tax returns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. It's the tag he uses on his OnlyFans. <laughs> when I run for office later, I want I want to be transparent, Alan. Well, I just figured it was like because if someone's going to proposition you, they should know what they're in for. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Only on the Davenport. Yeah, and it takes you get so many propositions that you need to weed them out. Got it, got it, yeah, everybody's is it swiping left or right for good? I don't know. I've never swiped yeah. one way or the other because I've been married for twenty years. Rent? I wipe from top to bottom. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> so do you wipe to the left or to the right? <laughs> I feel swishing motion. Oh, okay. <laughs> I it just... takes twice as long as as others. I'm I'm told, but. Uh, I stand by my methodology. <laughs> I just avoid that whole that whole situation. It is shower. Um, and, and just I pooped. Top, I just hop time to jump. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the way I know I need to take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're in public, is it just no pooping or is it like a then it's a, then it's straight a to the, the sink? Yeah, it's like a horse bath. <laughs> <laughs> so. Also duly noted. Mm. So anyway, yes, Miss Cleaver. Rose enters the room and notices the diary sit on a coffee table next to some pliers. Uh, Blanche says, you know, whatever you're thinking, it's not true. Uh, Roses then, of course, because she wasn't thinking about the diary and the pliers right off. Uh, she says she's happy to hear that George Bush Sr. at this point mm-hmm. uh, is not married to his mother, which is, I guess, a pretty bad slash at uh, Barbara Bush. Yeah, but she was pretty matronly, so it's a reasonable guess. I would agree. Uh, Blanche and Dorothy are uh, walking into the next room, thinking that their invasion of privacy has gone unnoticed. But then Rose uh, points out the lock has clearly been tampered with and asks if they read the diary. She states that uh, that's despicable, but Blanche says what she wrote inside was despicable, clearly giving away the answer now. <laughs> Dorothy adds that uh, she said some pretty hurtful things inside and that uh, she thought they were friends. Rose simply says, we used to be, we're not anymore, and then hurries off to uh, her bedroom. Yeah. I could imagine that would be a pretty huge invasion of someone's privacy, especially to if you go through the trouble of breaking a lock in order yeah, to... Yeah, it's not that it was just sitting there open. Already. Yeah, I mean, it'd be bad enough if you invaded the privacy that way, but actually going through an extra step in order to invade mm-hmm. said privacy, uh, that's a little bit over the over the edge. Well, for old women, too. I mean, mm-hmm. especially to do it repeatedly. Yeah. You know, especially <laughs> if you notice, like, there are no new entries. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> apparently you just see a bunch of, I guess, undated entries. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say much for, uh, I don't know, for Blanche and Dorothy's detective skills, though, because you'd have to imagine the pages would be somewhat yellowed. I mean, this is a 30-year-old diary well, yeah, at this it, point. Hey, <laughs> so. hey, you're giving away the farm. Oh. oh, you mean, oh. In, their, in their defense, uh, you know, Rose still has the handwriting of a child. <laughs> so. Maybe she's kept the ro- the diary in pristine shape. Yeah, like kept it in like a hyperbolic chamber all this or, time. Or maybe it's it's one of those diaries with the the natural paper that mm. looks aged anyway oh okay uh, maybe she just transcribes it every two three years to keep it fresh <laughs> <laughs> like a that, scribner of old yeah that seems like the most likely <laughs> so. like uh, like transferring the bible in different languages mm-hmm. almost. exactly <laughs> exactly exactly she, she updates just, language just to make it more uh, current and exactly and yeah with, with today's lingo and whatnot <laughs> yeah, i was thinking more like like ski said like the bible transcriptions but like you know from the time when paper was so scarce that like she's using a pilk road <laughs> <a mark paragraph. laughs> i like that mm-hmm. uh so that night <laughs> dorothy uh, goes to consult sophia <laughs> 
somewhere out there somebody's googling pilcrow <laughs> <laughs> and that person is ski <laughs> yeah, my phone's sitting over there all right i already looked at the beaver oh okay <laughs> <laughs> again on your porn up history yeah yeah <laughs> he just typed the b and it just knew <laughs> yeah. oh, auto completed for him exactly <laughs> Did you mean beat off? Did you mean? <laughs> yeah, that was like in, it's like five lists, all of them filthy. Did you mean shaved beaver? Did you... <laughs> that night, Dorothy goes to consult Sophia, uh, waking her up while she was in her uh, bed. Uh, the lights are still out, and uh, Dorothy tells her, you know, hey, I've got a problem. Sophia kind of just puts her hand out, kind of feeling for her, and then is, uh, ends up touching the mm-hmm. mounted animal head. Uh, and she responds, I'll say, you should have never stopped using that dilapidatory which is a hair remover i had mm. heard the term but i didn't know what it meant yeah i wasn't sure on that one either i'm glad you brought it up i had a star next to it and forgot to go back to find out what that is and i believe it's a depilatory yeah sorry i think i pronounced it wrong that's all right uh dorothy turns on the light though and explains that you know she can't sleep uh, with rose not talking to her real quick so she turned on the light by pulling on the chain oh okay because the uh switch the on switch the wall was, was missing again <laughs> changed up quite a few times it haven't does they? it's frustrating you, you'd think that they would <laughs> keep the... a consistent thing there one would think well, <laughs> well they would have to change the, the set every time mm-hmm. i don't know it's just out of all the uh... it's like they're building the wall fresh every time <laughs> <laughs> out of all the continuity issues it seems odd that that's the one that really gets your goat <laughs> <laughs> exactly well it'd be time consuming yeah that's yeah. true uh, <laughs> You think that would be one that they would easily just say, okay, this works best. Right. Leave this. Yeah. Well, this. I don't know. The fact that, you know, somebody from, you know, the electrician's union took the time to get that properly. <laughs> well, well hey, there you go. Electrician's union. Maybe that's the rub right there. Maybe. <laughs> Again, Pornhub account. All right. Listen, <laughs> let's not go into your anti-union rant. No, no. But I'm saying maybe that was, you know, their way of getting extra hours. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, oh, no, that's to be rewired. <laughs> It's another episode. That's been the contract. Mm-hmm. Sounds like an anti-union rant to me. <laughs> union forever. That's my stance. I'm actually. There was a time when I was kind of anti-union when we were members of the Teamsters. Uh, well, but they they we, we were, got nothing from that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were part timers though. So. Yep, but uh, I think the full timers at because uh, that was when we were at the RCA dome for mm-hmm. anyone who even cares on here, but. Uh, Anyway, we were part of the Teamsters, technically, mm-hmm. which primarily sticks with, like, trucking agencies, right? I have no idea. I think that, well, that's what I've been told. Like, trucking companies are oftentimes uh, um, part of the te- Teamsters. But I guess they correspond to the uh, Indiana State government in that it was somewhat, uh, I forget what the, the correlation is, honestly. Doesn't matter. Anyway, Good bottom line. <laughs> bottom line is I'm just waiting for the day when you're 100% pro-union. Well, I was going to say I'm more pro-union now because I feel that there's quite a bit of uh, corporate uh, pushback on people's mm-hmm. rights. That when I was working for union, my uh, my stance at the time was, mm-hmm. you know what, they had their time and people getting hands chopped off mm-hmm. in the coal mines or mm-hmm. factories and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that time's passed because people are, are decent and, and mm-hmm. humanitarian now. Mm-hmm. Well, I have definitely learned that that's not the case at this mm-hmm. point in time because, like, Amazon's like, no, no, you can't mm-hmm. pee. you yeah. got to work 12 more hours, and then you can take a, a cup uh, into the corner and go. <laughs> okay. So you ready to join the podcaster union with me? 
Yes. All right. Or form one. <laughs> is, there, there, is there not one? There is one. There's a there podcasters is. union. Really? Yeah. I'll How much are the dues? Do what? None of your concern. One <laughs> <laughs> percent. So, so you think I'm the man? Exactly. <laughs> well, he's trying to get me recruited. That's yeah. exactly. I didn't realize it was against him. I thought we were all going to join. No, because he's the one all controlling one. the purse. Well, listen, everybody should know that if a union is formed, this podcast will fold. So you make your choices. <laughs> or, or will not be replaced. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll go out and get try to find scabs. you. Yeah. I will contact the National Labor Board and you will not be able to replace us. We I have a God-given constitutional right to form a union and you can't stop us. See if you can't get James and Danny to come in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think they're part of the... If they are a part of the podcasters' union, they're not a part of this show. So what they do doesn't impact us. Well, no, I'm saying it's our replacements. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Temporary, as if we have to go on strike. Mm-hmm. So you two be like picketing from my house? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now you're going to go all the way down to the end of the driveway? I've got you know, a phone. I can our... digitally picket. Well, you know, by all means, when, when I get contacted by your representation, <laughs> then we'll start working out the, the details of your contract. I think we've already talked about the, the vast uh, fortune that we've raked in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean, See, that's the thing, though. We get a, need to get an audit because we have no idea. We're on the honor system here about how much money is coming in. That is a fair point. Exactly. Well, we're making I, the... I'm not sure what the Filipino currency is, but I bet we got some of that rolling in. All I can say is this, okay? From what I've read, as far as at what point you can realistically monetize uh-huh. a podcast we are somewhere between 20 percent and 10 percent of the way there so, <laughs> so close yeah and as soon as a single penny i'll tell you what the first two pennies will go to you two i'll wait till the third penny before i take one <laughs> so if anything comes in you two will definitely be uh Fully, fully vested. <laughs> okay. Oh, unions. Yeah. We'll go ahead and stick a pin in this union talk for now, then. <laughs> well, that was a fun uh, sidebar. Um, oh, yeah. So, Dilla. De- depilatory? Yeah. Depilatory? Mm-hmm. I thought you said dilapidatory. I did at first. <laughs> yeah. I was no. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I corrected In dilapidatory, <laughs> saying something like falling apart. Yeah. Like dilapidated. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. It's I like a commode that's falling apart. Yeah. Okay. I think dilapidatory is not even a word is what it comes down to because it's like dilapidated mm. would be like. I would say that it would be an app word for this podcast. <laughs> dilapidatory? <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe. In the process of falling apart? <laughs> yeah. The wheels are definitely coming <laughs> off. Right. <laughs> One lug nut at a time. So, as we said, Dorothy turns the lights on in a new direction or location. <laughs> Two legs. I have a well-balanced Davenport. <laughs> well, if two legs are missing, how many legs are it spo- is it supposed to have? I assume four. Well, then wouldn't it be still perfectly balanced? Well, depends on where the legs are missing from. <laughs> the two right ones. Well, then it's just still perfect. <laughs> it's, leaning, it's leaning perfectly balanced. It's just not very well, uh, it's not very comfortable to sit on. <laughs> Highly leaned. Maybe it's a six-legged Davenport. <laughs> and Just it's four m- random? Missing two corners. Uh, that, there you corners go. That's so. that's going to definitely cause mm-hmm. some issues. There, yeah, Dorothy turns on the light, explains that she can't sleep with Rose not talking to her. She didn't use the switch. She used the pull chain. I think we discussed this. <laughs> <laughs> but her, you know, her mother tells her, and I thought this was a good line, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> 
Miss Rose not talking to her. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Blanche immediately joins them, saying that you know she can't sleep for the same reason. And seconds later, Rose knocks on the door, asking if she can come in and talk. Sophia hilariously uh, pretends that she's an answering machine and tells Rose to leave a message. Mm-hmm. Rose starts to go along with this, but then Sophia st- cuts her off and uh, tells her to just get in the room. Rose enters and then sees that Dorothy and Blanche are already there, uh, saying, you know, kind of calling them traitors and saying she'll come back later. They start to uh, bicker a little bit about the diary issue, never actually stating any details, which confuses poor Sophia because she was not in the loop at this point. Right. Uh, more and more. Uh, finally, they explain that uh, they'd uh, read Rose's diary and that she uh, said some horrible things about them. Rose succinctly corrects them, saying that, you know, she kept that diary, you know, before even meeting them as part of a 4-H project uh, while she was raising actual pigs for a country fair mm-hmm. or county fair. So, you know. Right. So they're sorry I ruined that joke earlier on. Yeah, well, they already knew. I'm yeah. sure they I'm sure probably they tuned out already because they knew how the beast <laughs> like, oh, story. It's, it's real yeah. pigs. Yeah. <laughs> I got it now. And then he said the farm thing. Yeah. <laughs> Real on the nose, Ski. Mm. But uh, Blanche laughs about the uh, silly misunderstanding and suggests, <laughs> you know, they just forget about this. Yeah. Uh, Rose, though, says no, that she's very upset. Uh, due to the late hour, uh, Sophia tells him to hush, and then she tries to start a story, but she gets cut off. Like, we never even hear the end of the story. Right. Uh, uh, though the bickering continues, uh, despite uh, their pleas of for forgiveness, Rose states that, you know, there's nothing they can do to correct this and that their relationship is over. And then she kind of leaves in a huff. Uh, uh, Blanche has a very broken look on her face. Uh, but just then Rose comes back in saying that, you know, as soon as she got to the hall, she missed them already and wants them to all still be friends. Thus ends the B story halfway through the regular episode. Yeah, yeah I was <laughs> like, wow, they cut that off pretty early. fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, they kind of happily run over to each other and hug one another. Sophia is still in uh, her bed, repeatedly says, you know, great, get out now. Uh, eventually, she throws something at him even to try to break up the love fest and then uh, knocks over one of Rocco's bags, falls over and reveals that there's thousands of dollars in cash in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl's asking, you know, how did he get so much money? Sophia says that, you know, she doesn't know, but uh, um, the next time they go to KFC, she's getting all white meat and a biscuit. Mm-hmm. It seems odd to me. So it was back in the 80s, did you have to pay more to get white meat specifically? I think uh, so. Because I don't think that's the way it is now, is it? I think it's I just think, all... No, I think it is. Oh, you have to pay an additional charge to get all white meat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I, I don't go to the Colonel all that often. Yeah. So I, I, honestly, I have no memory of the last time I went. <laughs> it would have had to have yeah. been probably five plus years ago, if not longer. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a while for us as well. Um, but I will say, um, you know, I prefer the dark meat. Do you? Yeah, I'm a leg and thigh man. I don't know. I don't know that I have a specific preference. I think in general, I I prefer white meat for mm-hmm. uh, for chicken, but I can tell you that that's for sure. I definitely do on turkey, so I probably do on chicken mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I definitely um, when it comes to turkey, dark meat. Oh, uh, right. drumstick man myself. Yeah, Joey, he likes to eat the entire drumstick mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. That's he always yeah. calls that. I'm like, no one else is trying to fight you for it, dude. You can definitely <laughs> have you can have yeah. the second one if you wanted to. I like mm-hmm. both myself for mm-hmm. both turkey and chicken, yeah. but I know uh, my wife and daughter both like white meat more. Mm-hmm. So generally, I just take whatever's left. <laughs> yeah, the scraps. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have an instant pot? No. You know, no. Do you guys? No, we have a, an air fryer. But we don't have an instant pot. Okay. Is it a good way to cook a turkey or a chicken? Uh, I mean, it's a good way to 
still could chicken, but um, I was going to give you a little little hint or a tip, well, I guess. You know, I bet you we have a listener or two out there that has an Instant Pot, so okay. what's your hint? All right, so here's my hint or tip. Take it for what it's worth. I if think a hint would be better. That would just leave an air of mystery. Exactly. <laughs> my hint, I use an Instant Pot, but I'm not telling you for what. <laughs> it may or may, may not be related to a turkey drumstick. <laughs> and when he says Instant Pot, it's not about drugs. <laughs> No. Yeah. So, anyways, um, if you get yourself a you know turkey drumstick or two, you know I always use two, okay. but you get two of them bad boys, you throw it in your instant pot. You get one of those uh, bags of the fifteen bean soup. You okay. know, it's like the bag of has fifteen kinds sure. of dried beans in there. Mm-hmm. Dump that in there, but don't dump in that salt packet or like the little sodium packet, like oh, okay. the spices or whatever, because you don't need it because um, your turkey. Oh, that does the, the flavoring for exactly, you? Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, add your water and a diced onion. And then, you know, about an hour later, you're going to have yourself a nice stew. And because you're using the drumstick, you just got that one or two big bones to pull oh, out. Yes, yes. You don't have a bunch of little bones Oh, the meat just falls to... off on its exactly, own, Exactly, right? exactly. And so you just got, you know, meat and beans and a little bit of onion. And it's a fine, fine meal on a cold night. So if anybody out there tries Brent's recipe, definitely let us know. I'd love to see a picture of uh, somebody recreating Brent's turkey bean <laughs> It's a great soup, meal. Stew, it really is. You know, if you're out there someplace where the weather's bananas, mm-hmm. try that out. <laughs> so you can go on with the recap now that we have the the tip in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she's getting uh, that extra, extra Skrilla when she goes to the KFC. <laughs> <laughs> While the, well, the girls speculate as to how uh, he obtained the cash. They asked Sophia to explain because she mentioned something about a earlier trip to the bank. Right. And so she tells him that uh, he had her stay in the car with the engine running. Then he kind of old man sprints to the car as they uh, leave. Uh, she didn't ask why he was running because, you know, apparently he takes a diuretic for her prostate condition and has to frequently hustle. So not so uh, uncommon. Yeah. Dorothy thinks it's obvious that he robbed the bank. And uh, goes to call the police. Sophia stops her, though, pointing out that he's a good man. And, uh, and yeah, they're all basing this on circumstantial evidence, <laughs> however compelling. <laughs> uh, on cue, though, Rocco calls, which is odd because it's in the middle of the night, it seems like. Right. Like, they woke up mm-hmm. Sophia, right? Yeah. So, Booty call. Yeah, they're, maybe that's it. And Sophia explains that uh, they had accidentally found this money in his bag when it got knocked over. She didn't give a whole lot of details, though. Right. Uh, she listens uh, for a moment and then hangs up and then turns and tells the girls that, uh, yep, he robbed the bank. <laughs> Is anybody hungry? And then they all exit. Uh, we change the scene. We see uh, the girls heading into the kitchen, and Dorothy is upset that her mother won't call the cops after Rocco just completely confessed to stealing the money. Sophia says that, you know, he uh, claims he had done it for love. Rose tells them all that, you know, the grandest gesture she ever got was a man getting his sheep to lie down in the field and spell out her name. All right. Which is actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be impressive. Yeah. Impressive I don't know sheep how... herding skills. <laughs> but... That's what I was going to say. I don't know how hard it would be to arrange your sheep and mm-hmm. then get them all to lay down. You just kill them. They, well, <laughs> and if it, it's a lot of killing, though. Yeah, if yeah. a man will kill enough sheep to spell your name in the grass, then he really loves you. <laughs> Apparently, Rocco uh, says that he wanted to be able to uh, give her expensive things to keep her happy. Uh, she continues that, you know, He's uh, coming over to talk, and uh, she's going to try to convince him to turn himself in, and that if he doesn't, she'll contact the police personally. Uh, Before leaving the room, she uh, tells him that uh, she won't uh, let any other man 
toy with her emotions. Yeah. And from now on, it's, quote, strictly physical. <laughs> yeah. Dorothy admits that uh, while she's never liked Rocco, she can tell that he does care for her mother. Uh, the girls kind of trade stories about romantic gestures that uh, they had received. Blanche tells a story about uh, when her and George got first, the first time they got intimate, mm-hmm. and then how he recreated the event for their 10th uh, anniversary and then added some candles and wine to, quote, this is my quote, not anyone else's, enhance the romance. Oh, okay. So you quoted your own self there? I, I just thought that was a good term. <laughs> <laughs> Rose naively points out that uh, if they had had that, uh, the candles and wine the first time, they could have had two perfect evenings. <laughs> right. But that was the whole difference. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy talks about uh, the day Stan proposed, and that they were at a fancy restaurant with uh, some expensive champagne. And then after a toast, Dorothy downed her drink in a single gulp, uh, along with the engagement ring, which was at the bottom of the glass. Mm-hmm. Now, you did butcher that last one just a little bit, um, because Rose said that it's a shame you didn't look behind the tree the, the first, first time. Well, I had left that out originally, so I didn't want to... Well, yeah, but, but I mean, I think that... Please, add. Okay, well, <laughs> it's fine. I think I, that, that... Well, so so to expand on that, Blanche had said that uh, to her, to George that the only thing that could have made that first time together any more special is that they had like a picnic and, and like right. wine and candles. And so he, to be sweet, recreated that whole event, same car and everything and same spot, but also hid wine and candles behind a tree. Right. It just makes more sense when you tell the entire story. And it probably does now. Yeah. <laughs> Are you happy on? I, I am. I'm elated. I'm glad. <laughs> So she finishes by saying, you know, it turned up three days later with regards to right. the wedding ring. Yeah, that she... That was my favorite line, I Shout think. out her wedding ring. That would hurt, I would think. I, I don't know how that really would work. I don't know if it I really would work. You'd probably have to get your stomach pumped, but... Or like surgery, potentially, if yeah. it got stuck somewhere. I don't know. I've never swallowed anything that stayed whole all the way through my system well, it, that it, I know it'd of. It'd be an engagement Corn. ring. Well, <laughs> I guess I should say anything metal <laughs> or... Engagement rings generally have a diamond, right? Yeah. Or at least some sh- stone that would re- presumably be sharp. Yeah. Or at least have like the time. Yeah, the setting at least, yeah, would, so would be sharp. So those could definitely tear up your intestines, I would think. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But uh, nope, she pooped it out. Again, Rose is kind of clueless asking, where did it turn up? <laughs> <laughs> I wish Rose would have said, uh, like, or where did it go in the meantime or whatever well she said the previous time yeah when blanche was like oh it takes three days for fat to show up or something like that <laughs> yeah. and she's like where does it go in the meantime <laughs> you, you know what i'm talking about i do I, the, I don't remember what she was referring to but yeah i yeah. do remember like i think it was blanche talking about you know eating well, something and yeah. it, you well know, we covered it recently three it days was, later it was part of the uh review episode like oh, the, okay. the flashbacks uh dorothy says something about like she's going on a date and she's glad that she's going today because they're pigging out mm-hmm. and she's got a, a time because like the, the fat won't show up for three days. That's right. Yeah. And Blanche says, not me. Go straight to my hips, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Blanche is just looking. She's like, halfway through dinner, my pants are off. Or <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but the, uh, Rose says, you know, where does it end up? And they both look at her kind of disappointed. <laughs> Dorothy sarcastically tells her that, you know, it was on the home shopping network. And then Rose gives a confused look like, huh? How'd it get there? Mm-hmm. It's uh, confused look because it was a horrible joke. Yeah. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Uh, back to the topic. They discussed that uh, despite his felonious nature and uh, his advanced age, uh, Rocco was acting romantically. Uh, then Blanche says that, you know, you're never too old for romance. Then holds the girl's hands, looks at him and says, 
Never give up, girls. Yeah. yeah her her phrase there was, uh, it goes to show you, your hair may turn gray, your skin may wrinkle, but you're never too old for romance, so don't give up, girls. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, one of my, definitely one of the top lines for me. Agreed. Probably Blanche's, my favorite line of Blanche's for that well, episode. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that, too. Agreed. Me, too. Uh, with Jane seen again, we mm-hmm. see Sophia sitting on the lanai uh, at, at night. Mm-hmm. It's still the same night, I'm guessing. Yeah. And Rocco arrives, uh, trying to scale the the fit high, waist high fence, <laughs> maybe slightly higher in waist. Yeah, exactly. He's just like crouched down, sitting cross leg, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would have been probably laying on the ground, exactly. <laughs> which was the 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 aforementioned stunt. All right. Uh, he's crawling GI Joe style through that. <laughs> through Paul hey, but you know what he did backyard. a good job keeping his uh, keeping his outfit clean. He yeah. did. True. So. Uh, Sophia goes over and helps him over. And uh, tell you know he tells her to go pack and that they're going to be leaving. Mm-hmm. He says that he came there on his new Harley, which he uh, can't ride. And she said he didn't. She didn't know he knew how to ride. And he said, "I don't." He pushed it all the way here from the dealership. Mm-hmm. And now he says he's exhausted, and they'll probably need to take a cab when they leave. <laughs> right. Uh, Rocco paints a beautiful picture of them heading uh, south of the border, enjoying a tropical breeze, which I guess Miami doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> He said he wants them to feel it on their bodies, so maybe they're going to a nude beach. Ah. Maybe that's true. That's could that could be it. They won't get sand in her clam. <laughs> <laughs> he asks her to join him, but uh, she declines. She says that <laughs> he says that she's disappointed, or he says he's disappointed, but she says she's more disappointed, as uh, he thought. You know, even though you know he bragged, well, kind of insinuated that he was part of the mob and stuff, and kind of blustered about that. He didn't uh, more than insinuate. He said he ran Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, I mean, there was no – he never directly said, I was part of the mob. I don't know. He just he, – he heavily implied. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, she thought, you know, even though if he had been that guy, he wasn't that man anymore. And uh, he at least was never that way to her, right? Right. A bit embarrassed, uh, Rocco admits that he lied. Uh, he was never a gangster or a big shot of any kind. Uh, and that he was an assistant chef mm-hmm. at a uh, place called Chowder House in New Jersey. Yeah. So, I mean, there, I mean, he apologized for lying about being a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> there was no inference. It was like, this is what I did. You know, he's apologizing for it. Check and mate. All right, whatever. <laughs> he was afraid that uh, he wasn't good enough for uh, her. The money was actually uh, $45,000, and it was his life savings. Mm-hmm. And he had taken it out so he could... Uh, Treat her like a queen. I have to say, $45,000 savings off the salary of a an assistant cook at a chowder house. Mm-hmm. That, that man has some discipline. Um, <laughs> we originally had um, 65000 but he had to stop and buy a Harley. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just figured that was a lie that he told, because then when he was like, yeah, we'll just leave it there and take oh. a cab. So <laughs> he, he had worked it out. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, that Harley thing, that was a lie, too. I was just worn out from getting over that wall. Yeah. <laughs> We, we will never know, unfortunately. No. There could be a Harley sitting in their driveway right now. <laughs> so Rocco, you know, he said it took us $45,000 life savings to treat her like a queen. Back then, I think 45000 would probably go a decent amount. Yeah. But I don't know queen status. Would Depends on how long you want to be treated like a queen. I mean, you can treat someone for like a, a queen days. for $1,000 if you do it like really compact for like a day. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that... Um, 
if you got forty five thousand dollars and you're eighty five, mm-hmm. you're probably gonna have you some know, money left over when you die. <laughs> right. That's that's a good point. They're both at that age, so so Sophia says that she can't believe it. And Rocco then turns and says, I can't believe it either, just noticing that there was a gate like feet away from where he was trying to climb the fence. <laughs> right. I mean I think Mickey Rooney lived another twenty five years though from this yeah, episode. He, he lived a long, long life. Uh, Sophia tells him that you know he's always treated her like a queen, and then they kind of look at each other lovingly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we change scene one more time. We see Rose, Dorothy, and Blanche are playing a trivia game on the kitchen table. That's not a goddamn trivia game. I, <laughs> it is clearly sorry. <laughs> like uh-huh. I don't know, could they not come up with anything that looked more <laughs> like a, a sorry trivia board game? board with the Monopoly cards. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you have the sorry pieces and everything yeah. that they were using. Yeah. Like the cards from Monopoly, and it's one of those things that it's like, okay, well, you landed on sports. I'm going to draw the orange card. You landed on music. I'm going to draw the orange card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they play it differently, or they had. I, you know what? I'm going to postulate that they had like three or four uh, uh, board games with missing pieces, mm-hmm. and they just put them all together and came up with their own game. Yeah. Well, you know how kids are losing pieces of their games all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the elderly are losing pieces of their games. But I, I don't know. So I don't know. This is the second time in this episode where you've like chosen to view the best in people. <laughs> <laughs> That's I would I would say that's generally who I am though. Would you agree? Yeah. Where was this optimism when you know Professor Cooper was being raped <laughs> over the coals? <laughs> hey, listen, we need rooks like Steve. <laughs> we need rooks like I Steve think in this there need world, to be though. like. I think optimi- optimism needs to be properly placed. <laughs> I'm not going to get behind a clearly losing fight <laughs> unless I think it's you know justified. <laughs> joke was know. funny to me for like 37 reasons. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say that you've been getting behind a losing fight for 42 years. Why are you going to stop now? <laughs> I have no other choice. <laughs> right, that's true. Yeah, anyways. I guess I have unending uh, despair as a choice. <laughs> it's done me well. <laughs> But uh, they're playing their mismatched uh, game at the table. Mm -hmm. Blanche uh, misses a sports question, kind of, Mm. uh, though she thought she had uh, nailed it. uh, They start saying something about who wore or what athlete wore pantyhose, Mm. and she goes off on a a little, not rant, but like description of somebody that she had seen wear pantyhose. Do you remember who? I don't remember who she was, it said. Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that. But uh, no, it was apparently Joe Namath. Yeah, and, and an then, advertisement for something. And then Rose gets a uh, fairly complex music question correct, which she apparently had recognized uh, the uh, classical piece from uh, Chase Scenes on Bugs Bunny. Starting, She starts to cite an example, but then Dorothy takes the uh, rule book and smacks R- Rose on the head. Another they, instance of elder abuse being mm-hmm. funny. Yes, indeed. They, uh, they agree to call tonight, and uh, Dorothy, though, is planning to stay up for Sophia who is again out with Rocco, uh, just as they uh, convince her that you know Sophia is a grown woman, that she can take care of herself, the phone rings. Of course, it is Sophia. Uh, yelling ensues. Dorothy uh, tells her that if she cannot spend the night with Rocco and that while she's living under their roof, she has to follow their rules. Mm-hmm. We don't know what Sophia says, but uh, the call ends abruptly. Mm-hmm. And then F.U. kind of. <laughs> right. Blanche asks Dorothy, uh, is your mother all right? And Dorothy loudly replies, oh, fine. She does something wrong. Suddenly she's my mother. Mm-hmm. And then storms out. 
And that's how it ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unfair to make Blanche help care for the baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that did conclude that episode. Um, just one very fine guest star in that one, Mickey Rooney. Yeah. Uh, 760 titles to his name. Which how is many? Inc- 760. <laughs> how many times did he play Andy Hardy? Quite a few. Um, yeah, that was probably his, I guess, by far his most prolific thing that he did is yeah. playing Andy Hardy from the Hardy Boys. Does he show up anymore <laughs> in the series? Huh? No. What is he in? <laughs> Andy Hardy was its own thing. He was oh, was it one. its own? It wasn't part of the Hardy Boys? No. Oh, I guess I just assumed. I've never seen it. So, no. um, Like him and Judy Garland. But like Andy Hardy was his own thing like oh he was sitting in so many things i just assumed that must have been part of a larger franchise of things Mm. i mean it it was but it was its own like it wasn't a it's not the hardy boys (laughs) okay well so he was andy hardy um like he'd go to college or go to camp or just have adventures i'm trying to think of like the modern equivalent to it would be but there's really stands alone yeah yeah like it's one of those things that i don't know i mean i guess it'd be like you know if will ferrell had made more um you know, what's the Anchorman guy's name? Oh, Ron Burgundy? Yeah, yeah. Like if he had made more Ron Burgundy movies. Oh, okay. You know, something like that. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, he was in a bunch of the Andy Hardy uh, movies. Mm-hmm. He was also in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, Night at the Museum movies. Sadly, probably one of his most famous roles was in Breakfast at Tiffany's in a yeah. very racially insensitive uh, mm-hmm. portrayal. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, he plays an Asian man. Uh, yeah. yeah, real bad. But I, I don't, you know, unfortunately, that was the time uh, that mm-hmm. where all that was much more acceptable. But yeah, fantastic actor in a general sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who and got sixty minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, all the time there. He oh. hated Andy Hardy for that one too. <laughs> <laughs> so ski, the, yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. So there was um. I was watching Doctor Who the other day, mm-hmm. and there was um, the Talons of Wang Chen. Oh, okay, was an episode. It was really, really, really good, um, but it was also just very, very, very awkward because it was the same thing. It was like an obvious British man, mm. and they'd given him, you know, like fake Chinese eyes and different mm. things like that. And then, like, are you guys going to be watching this one anytime soon? No, not soon. No. Okay, so like um, to the people, you know, in Victorian London. It was like a uh, like a marionette. Um, it was part of a this uh, Chinese grifters um, act, but it turns out it wasn't like a puppet. It was an actual like um, alien technology. Oh, okay. Um, but the mannequin was played by Deep Roy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who was your MVP for this episode, Ski? I picked Sophia. I thought this was a largely Sophia episode for a change. And that uh, she handled a relatively hard situation with pretty good dignity. We already know Brent chose Mickey Rooney. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, when Mickey Rooney shows up and he's, like, you know, playing cards and chewing on the stogie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, I just thought it was really, really good acting. Yeah, see, I I was torn. I was torn between the two, actually, between Sophia, because I thought she did great, and she was in more of the episode. Mm -hmm. And Andy Rooney, who was great his entire time, but he had... You mean Mickey? I made that same mistake once. See, now you got it in my head. (laughs) Andy Hardy. Right. (laughs) Uh, But Mickey Rooney, just because he, the scenes he was in, he was great. Exactly. He just was in a relatively small portion, considering he was part of the A story. That's kind of what I thought, too. But overall. Yeah, but he he did his own stunts. (laughs) He he, he had spots. It was going over the wall that gave uh, gave the the edge to him for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, Mickey Rooney got it for me as well. 
So how many slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? I actually gave it a seven. And seven? Uh, wow. my, my line with that one was, gotta love Mickey Rooney. Yeah. And what rating did you give this one, Brent? Memory serves six and three quarters. Six and three quarters. That's pretty solid. Well, I gave it a six and a half. So I guess we average out a six and three quarters, which is certainly going to put this as one of the higher rated mm-hmm. episodes. I think I'm a possibly the highest for season three. Maybe. Now, I will say that I thought the conclusion of it was a little hacky, um, mm-hmm. especially with the wrong game Ian played. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but other than that little bit. Um, I did not look as closely at the game board, <laughs> but it did seem amiss to me as well. <laughs> but overall, solid episode for sure. And, and I think it'll be in the conversation when we get to the end of this season as mm-hmm. far as you know, uh, among the contenders for the best of the season. And we're getting close. Yep, we are. We're closing in on it. So mm-hmm. with that, I started thinking about my season recap. Oh, very nice. Uh, hopefully it'll be as fine as your other two season recaps have been. Well, thank you. Which are a uh, high level of praise. So <laughs> anyway, so with that, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.